Welcome, welcome everyone to uh, Raise Typical Season 3. I am both the guest and the host of the show. Uh, It's a great addition to our show. (laughs) Uh, So we do have a guest uh, today, and we do have Ben as well. Ben is waiting for the guest right now. But we wanted to start on time so that those who are watching right now, we can give some updates and explain kind of what the show is. Um, so this season, we're doing one episode a month instead of uh, twice a month like we've been doing in the past. And our goal is to do all in person. Uh, we figure due to COVID, everyone has watched enough uh, Zoom presentations and Zoom videos. So instead of having a guest on Zoom and us communicating that way, we've invited the guests to come to our studio and record with us and uh, go live with us. So that's the direction we're trying to move for this year. Um, We have a couple guests lined up and uh, we're hoping that it will present better um, and that we'll uh, have, you know, easier conversations being in person as opposed to through a screen. Um, So that's the goal for this season. Um, Right now we do have our guest, uh, Dan Dizio, who's coming. uh, And he is the CEO of the Philly Soft Pretzel Factory. So one of the, uh, if not the biggest um, soft pretzel company uh, in the Philadelphia area. They have about over 150 locations uh, in eight different states. And, you know, it's central on the East Coast for now. Um, We're going to talk to Dan a little bit bit about that today to see kind of, you know, what his long-term hopes are for it. Uh, But he's been, you know, a part of that and a co-founder of that company, uh, you know, since inception and uh, really enjoys it. It's got some cool stories to go with it. Uh, He also was on Undercover Boss. So he kind of went, you know, he started working, making pretzels all the way up to, you know, now facilitating locations. And he went undercover back kind of into that original place where he was making pretzels again. And so we uh, are going to talk to him today and uh, have a good conversation, hopefully, and, you know, ask him some questions and, and see how things go. But I think for now, the uh, tech is all working as far as I'm aware. Um, if there is stuff that is not working for some reason, feel free to let me know uh, in the comments. Uh, and hopefully you can't hear our home phone ringing. <laughs> um, but all that to be said, that's our goal for this season. Um, we hope you enjoy the show uh, and enjoy what we've got coming. Uh, once again, on our website, you can find all that info. Um, we've got the updates for who's our guests, uh, as well as, um, you know, future guests and what our plans are for that. Uh, it should be, do you still hear it? Okay. I have a different music playing, but it could be that it's loud enough that it's being heard. We have our, uh, our tech guys helping us out. Greg, thank you. I appreciate you saying uh, everything is good. I'm I'm the tech guy here, and so I'm always stressed. Like this moment where it's like, is everything that we've been putting together all day and practicing, is it going to work, <laughs> or is one of our cameras going to shut down, um, or our lights are they going to turn off? Who knows? So we've got there's a camera here. This will be where Ben sits, 
Um, and it's a little, you know, face cam we got. And then this is for our guest who will be in this chair. Uh, and then we have the main camera here. So I'll kind of be controlling that with my little keyboard for now. Um, but thank you. We've got some con confirmation on the picture looking good too. Um, so right now we're just waiting for Dan. And so whenever he arrives, we will get going. We'll jump right into it. Um, but for now, that's, that's our goal. Uh, feel free to let us know if there's people that you want to be on the show. Uh, if there's someone you think that should be, you know, here chatting with us, uh, once again, our goal is just to highlight people, uh, who have maybe achieved or are reaching for dreams or who have a very kind of clear goal in mind with what they want to accomplish. Uh, and you know, my hope is to take people who have kind of worked their way up to where they are now and talk to them about that so that we can share that information with people who are trying to work their way um, to similar places or positions. And so with, you know, Dan being here as CEO of, of a company he co-founded, uh, it's a huge um, correlation to the kind of people we want to talk to and, and the stories we want to hear about. Um, but we're always excited to chat and, and meet new people and, uh, share stories. So if there's people that you think you want to see on the show, let us know, uh, feel free to send us a, a comment during the show or post on the videos. And then moving forward into this year, my goal, since we only have one a month, my goal is to really get, uh, the videos edited and out, um, in a as professional as possible manner um, while also utilizing, you know, other social media to um, disperse the show. We'll still be on podcasts for sure. So all the audio is being recorded and that'll be posted on Spotify, Apple podcasts, you know, Google podcasts, all those places. Uh, that's also really uh, popular right now is continual podcasts, but Oh, Hey Ben, how's it going? All right. No worries, bud. Um, ben says Dan will be here in five minutes. So, uh, are you excited, Ben? I'm very, very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it must have been traffic, or I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. From Ben Sale. I'm in that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's get your mic exactly where you want it to be. Yeah, and, absolutely. And then we'll be good to go. All right. I think I will. Ooh. Um, uh -oh. So, yeah, if it's falling down, Ben, on the, on the mic stand over there, see that little thing? You can tighten it. Yeah, that one. Yeah, give it a little push. All right, or is it still falling down? <laughs> you really gotta put your elbow into it. There you go, you got it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I got it. Yeah, there you go. Looks good. Uh, yeah, Ben, why are you wearing the Phillies right now? Uh, well, the Phillies made the playoffs, Dan. The playoffs, yeah. What's so that? <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> they made it to the wild card round, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, it's gonna be an epic. It's gonna be an ep. I don't say it. it's gonna be an epic, amazing experience. Um, they haven't made the playoffs since 2011. Really? Yeah. Wow. The last time they were in the postseason, I was in seventh grade. <laughs> you were a junior in high school. Ah. Uh. Megan, thanks for 
being a continual watcher of the show, we appreciate uh, the fans that stick with us. It was hey, a, it was a good break. Uh, we needed the time to focus on some mm-hmm. some big stuff that Energy One Presentations is putting together. Let's go. Um, some secret stuff. Yeah, we got some secret stuff that we can't talk about quite yet, but nope. maybe next show. Probably by the next show, we'll be able yeah, to talk about absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, oh, before we begin, come on out Sunday mm-hmm. if you're not around. We're having a fundraiser at Bernie's. My mom just wrote a book called Swinging from the Chandelier. Um, if you want to come on out Sunday, um, we'll be selling the book and we'll be doing a fundraiser for the Eagles Autism Challenge. So come on out, bring your friends, family members, school board members. And uh, <laughs> hey, thanks, Megan. Love the boys. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, so. Come on out, and I hope to see you all there. Yeah, yep. Birdies and Hapro. So the book is uh, about Ben mm-hmm. uh, and our family and kind of how, you know, what it was like to raise Ben. And you know, as his brother, I was there, but, you know, we were pretty close yeah. in age, and so I don't remember everything uh, from a young age like mm-hmm. my parents do, but mom talks about, you know, her perspective and what it Absolutely. was like from, you know, diagnosis through school all the way to kind of where Ben is now. Um, yeah. Got some funny stories in there. Got some heartfelt <laughs> stories. You might cry. I did swing on the chandelier. Uh-huh. And my mom said, if I ever write a book, that's the name of my title. <laughs> Classic mom. She is. Classic mom. Uh, I really love my mom. Um, She's hey, an I, angel. Hey, I love your mom. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, you're, you're my mom. I'm your mom. I'm, I'm just kidding. That's kidding. definitely not true. <laughs> hey, Dan, if you ben, had. You want to show them the uh, sound effects that we've got? Yeah. Oh, thanks, Dad. Ha ha. Here it is. There's Swing the it from the see, chand- Oop, the, I'm blocking uh, my face. <laughs> I can use our special camera. There we go. Swing from the is. chandelier. That's the book right there. You can get it on benergy1.com. Only on Benergy One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love you both, Mom said. <laughs> we, we could display that right there. Yeah, That'd we be- can. We can put it right here. Um, little- you and I'm excited for. See if that'll stand up the rest of the show or not. Uh, it's probably going to stand up. It's probably you think so? Stand. Yeah. Um... So we have a, a little, like our, our mic system has a setup, and we've got mm. some buttons on there. Yeah. And so Ben and I uh, got some sounds on there. Absolutely. Do you want to play one of the sounds, yeah. Ben? I think one of the sounds that we really love is this. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, what's that from? That's SpongeBob Santa, the Christmas episode. Uh-huh. When Santa goes, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> So we're not quite sure how we'll use the sounds, um, but we've got a couple of fun ones over there that we may uh, press every once in a while. It's a trap. <laughs> That's Admiral Akbar from, from Star, Star Wars. Wars. Oh, I love Star mm-hmm. Wars. Mm-hmm. You know what? Speaking of Star Wars, um, I, I love the series of Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, I played the game. I didn't know how to get past that one level on Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Saboba always beats me. Yeah. In the level. So, Ben, while we're waiting for Dan, why don't you tell me how you met Dan Dizio? Oh, absolutely. Um, I met him at Montgomery Mall. Yeah. So it was really funny. It was my ni- I was in ninth grade, and it was 2013. Mm-hmm. And I walk in, and at a Philly Soft Pretzel Factory, we read us. And I got to get free water ice, free pretzel, and I see this guy, and I go, I know him. He was on Undercover Boss. <laughs> I go up to him. I say, are you the CEO who was on Undercover Boss? And he goes, yes, I am. <laughs> We've been <laughs> friends ever since. That's it amazing. Was, it was legit him. He gave me his business card. And we just became friends. And we've done a lot of stuff together. 
Um, he invited me for sixteenth, my sixteenth birthday, to mm. Twist Pretzels. So yeah. it's been a really crazy ride. Um, You've gone to Phillies games together, right? Yeah, we've been to Sixers of Phillies game. Um, mm. We might be going to an Eagles game together. Oh yeah, the Eagles. Oh, I hear the door. Could be him. <laughs> but that's a cool story. But I remember you coming home and telling me that you just walked up and said hi to him, and you were like, "What?" <laughs> but that's pretty classic. If you know Ben, you mm-hmm. know that that's kind of just how he behaves. If you, uh, you know, if he doesn't know you, he'll just walk up and start talking. What to do you do for work? That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> he does say, "What do you do for work?" So you ask everybody. Uh, I am uh, the. I met a guy who does garbage man, and I said, "Thank you for what you do." You know, you remind me. I if it's a CEO or a garbage man, I treat everybody the same. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. very true. Yeah. It's important too, because yeah, I feel like our our world is really built around, mm-hmm. um, kind of what you do for work. And yeah, and yeah. Ben asks, "What do you do for work?" But regardless of what you tell mm-hmm. him, his reaction will be the same and, and he'll desire to show you that, you know, you, you and what you do are important. Yeah. Uh, whereas I feel like sometimes in, in our world, we assign importance based on career. So whatever you're doing, Oh, that person is more important versus this person. Um, so it's important that, I, that you treat people that way. Is, ben. He is he here? Yeah, I think he is. I think you're right. I hear him. I hear him too. Should be good to go. It's just, this is going to be fun. I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited. Speaking of Dan Dizio. Oh, yeah. It's, we got the whole setup. I hear him. Dan, welcome to our studio. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Have I'm a so seat. No, you're fine. No. I came all the way from Jersey. So Not a problem. You. Welcome. Thank you for coming. How you doing, guys? Good to see you. Good, good to see you. Good. Yo, what's yeah. up, my man? That's Michael. There Michael, go. good to see you. There you go. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's got to pull the mic towards you, and then you should be good to go. Yeah, That's all you need. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, welcome yeah, to our house. Again. Welcome to our studio. Our, our, our setup, you know, it's the nice, the whole man. shindig. We've yeah. got it figured out. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, we just kind of gave everyone the rundown of, of what this season's gonna look like, mm-hmm. and so we'll just jump into it. Yeah, sound good? Yeah, let's go. Uh, ben just told the story of how he met you. Yeah. You know, just walking up to a <laughs> <Yeah>. total stranger. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yes. You know, ben. Yep. Yes. Opens doors up. Uh-huh. Uh, always. Yeah. Uh-huh. Helped us even open the door with the Eagles now. And, yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. It's uh, awesome what he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mean, always, everybody needs a little Ben. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Just the the lack of I think social anxiety. Like that's really what works for Ben. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people they they shut themselves down. Yeah. So they could have a situation like Ben where they'll talk to a stranger and it could be their new best friend, but they talk themselves out of it because they're like, Oh, you yeah. know, maybe I shouldn't I'm not gonna do that. You yeah, know, funny story about it. So I don't know if Ben even remembers this. So a couple of years ago we were when Ben was working at Giant when yeah. we were at um he wanted to get us in there and yeah. Ben's always been an advocate for Billy Pretzel, best fan ever. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, he actually went and uh, said, listen, I want to get you in here. you got to have Philly Pretzel Factory in, in Giant. I love Giants. it. I love and, it. Uh, so he said, We're, I'm going to set this meeting up. And he goes, I'm going to have everybody there. And I said, okay. So we're setting the meeting up. And the CEO, he wanted the CEO to be in the meeting. I and the CEO, it. when we had the meeting, he wasn't on the meeting. And uh, it turns out his administrative assistant was on there. There were some other CFOs. Yeah, sure. There were some big wigs there. And uh, so it's like 11 o'clock in the morning, and, and Ben's like right into it and talking to her. And she, he says, listen, I need the decision maker here. I need, <laughs> I need the CEO here. And she goes, well, I can make a lot of decisions. She goes, listen, I think we need to reschedule this meeting. 
<laughs> and it was already planned out. And uh, that's how you open doors up. And, you know, uh-huh. and then we open. got the we got yeah. the pretzel. The pretzels were still in dry. I walked in today, yes, and they're go. still in there. There yes, you go. You got us in there. And, I love it. And then it. we went and had a grand opening there. And uh, no, I thought it was just a small thing because we were just putting a stand out. He had everybody <laughs> there, every chamber of commerce, political people there, Don politicians were there. Stevens was there. <laughs> uh, my, my, my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Green, was there. Tommy uh, was there. Dad, my dad was there. My manager Dang. just says, as the Easter Bunny. Uh, yeah, it was great. Dang, it was great. everyone was there. Yeah, that's amazing. It was, and Ben said that the link is doing really well too. The yeah. the the stand in the link's doing well. Really, really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's exciting for us. You know, for me, um, you know, even going from selling pretzels on the street corner, yeah, history right. a little bit, and to think that we have a bakery where we're baking pretzels in you know Lincoln Financial Field yeah. for the Eagles and and partner. Um, with the Eagles now. Yeah, uh, and, it's and amazing. Really ben put all that together. Sincerely, mm. he, he pushed for us to get in I there. I love it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was I'm so excited. It happen. Look, they, they say, you know, a good product is easy to sell. And I think yeah. that's key for you guys, yeah, you I know? I appreciate that. That means a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, it's been a good product for a long time. They didn't come knocking. Hey, so hey. They wait till Ben got it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I can fix that. <laughs> no, but honestly... Speaking of the Eagles, I mean, I've talked to them every time I go by. I go, hey, how you guys doing? They go, oh, yeah, we're doing great. And I said, you know the CEO? I said, yeah, I know Dan Dizio. <laughs> and and um, everybody's like, I like being here. And then Ben Salem. I said, that's great. They like being there with I the fans. It. Yeah, yeah, employees-wise. We were worried about getting employees down there. Mm. But I guess, you know, to be in the environment, even though they're not watching the game necessarily, but they're hearing the the yeah. uh, crowd roar. Um, it's exciting for them. So it's mm. been great um, so far. It's only been two games. A couple of Temple games. That's the benefit of being in the link, too. Yeah, you get true. the Temple games already. So And the Army-Navy. And the Army-Navy. Yeah. And I know there's a couple concerts true. coming. Yeah, right. so, um, yeah, next year, yeah. Yeah, they got yeah. some big ones coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm not supposed yeah. to mention who they are. But <laughs> yeah. Ben can, if he wants to. So no, I mean, they're already out. Frank already posted them. Already. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Throwing Frank under the bus. I, I'm sorry, Frank. <laughs> but you actually then you brought up a great point one of our first question was really about the the start for you because i know i know i'm sure you told it a million times mm-hmm. right um but the story is so interesting yeah. that you were really you were selling pretzels on the street corner uh and then you know kind of how did it morph from that to the start of what it was yeah it wasn't so the beginning was my neighbor owned a pretzel bakery yeah so that's how it all began my next door neighbor owned kensington soft pretzel bakery what? okay um and one day he got stuck with some pretzels, thousand pretzels. And I'm, I'm, ele- I'm 51 now, so I'm 11. So it's 40 years ago. And uh, he basically said, how about I'm going to throw these pretzels out because I got stuck with them. How about I set you up on the street corner and whatever we sell will split. Yeah. And I was like, I'm in, you know, 11 years old. And yeah, right. A couple of hours, Great. you know, and he said, uh, okay. He goes, first, I guess I have to ask your mom if it's okay. Yeah, sure. And for some reason, my mom said it would be okay to stand on Roosevelt Boulevard <laughs> I told and Ron Street, um, which is like, it's, you know, not yeah. everybody knows, but it's one of the most dangerous highways out there. Right. It's crazy. And sold them. <laughs> Sold it was five for an hour back then. I brought in two hundred hours, so I got a hundred. He got a hundred, and uh, so at the time my allowance was three bucks a week. So this was like nine months worth of allowance (laughs) in one day. So this was like a gold rush. And uh, the one part of the deal with with the guy I worked for was, I had to keep all the one dollar bills. He get to keep all the high Mm, bills. Okay, so I kept the ones. So basically, I had a hundred ones (laughs) wrapped up. And next thing I know, um, I got. 
the next day I said, how about you make extra pretzels and I'll sell them. So he goes, okay, I'll make extras and, and bring them home. Did it again. And then I'm walking around my middle school with wads of $1 bills <laughs> and everybody's asking where I get the money. I told them I was selling pretzels in the corner. So everybody wanted a job selling pretzels. So I started organizing guys Dang. and, uh, you know, as well That's before crazy. cell phones in Texas. Yeah, so right. I was calling people, um, five in the morning, five thirty, and we would meet at six thirty in the morning, um, uh, old Krispy Kreme building. Eventually it was Roy Rogers at right at Ben Salem there in Roosevelt wow. Boulevard. And then he would set us up all over the street corners of Philadelphia and That's we'd ride amazing. our bikes home. And, and you know, by the time I was 14, 15, um, there was 45, 50 kids on the corners wow. that was organizing. And oh by the time God. ninth grade happened, things were so good that, uh, you know, I, I decided to take a little hiatus from school. Yeah. I, I caught my internship <laughs> and I uh, stopped going to high school. I didn't really go at all. What? And wow. uh, yeah, you shouldn't listen to this, Michael. Yeah. Um, so I stopped going to high school and just was selling pretzels every day. Wow. Seven days a week and uh, almost made it through the whole year, the school year. And eventually some uh, some nice gentlemen, <laughs> sheriffs showed up at my house and uh, to arrest my mom. Right. And uh, in her bathrobe, mind you, she had oh, a bathrobe. Gosh. And uh, they wanted, what it was, was they, my dad had died a couple of years before mm. him. So they thought my mom was forcing me to sell pretzels on the street corner mm. to support the family, which that wasn't the case. I was faking my report card. Right. Um, so my mom had no idea. She knew I sold pretzels after school and on the weekends, but she wow. didn't know I was missing school. And long story short, I went to a judge. They were going to put me in a home for a while. Wow. And uh, my mom met at the exact same time. My mom met this big, tall FBI agent who was really strict. And uh, I had a stepbrother at that point. My mom got married. Um, a stepbrother was the exact same age. Mm. So he really laid the law mm -hmm. down that, you know, mm. listen, you want to sell pretzels, you have to do well in school. It's a privilege to sell pretzels. Mm. And uh, from that point on, I did mm. pretty good. It's yeah. Decent yeah, sure. Life, so. That's amazing. Sure. So that was Man, that's yeah. crazy. Cause, and that's, that's the part of the story, right? That like you, you don't really hear, you mm -hmm. don't see around. And what I think is so cool about that is you had that passion for it mm -hmm. and that didn't really go away. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause like that came, that ended up coming back later. Yeah. Um, well, you know what I, even back then I remember it wasn't even about the money, yeah. which I always tell young entrepreneurs, you know, everybody would think entrepreneur and being rich, right? Mm -hmm. There's a correlation there. Really good entrepreneurs aren't doing it to become rich. And I'm right. not just saying that. And say, yeah. I'm saying it's, I, it was like collecting. I couldn't wait till at night. I used to make sure all my $1 bills were wrapped the same way. The yeah. bills, the face in the uh, president's face in the same direction. Of, and I had this old ratchet set that I took all the tools out. And I would do it like almost like a makeshift safe. Wow. And until I outgrew that and was saving. So I was really into the organization of the money and really saving it. Mm. Um, not so much buying it. Eventually I did buy some toys and a yeah, lot of bicycles sure. and all the skateboards. Um, but really at the beginning, I just loved it because everybody loved the pretzels. Yeah. Right. And it made people happy. It made them smile. That's uh, what I really enjoyed about it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. What yeah. was your favorite toy growing up since oh, we got into that? Go. Okay. Favorite toy. <laughs> wait, wait, give me an age. Like tell me an age. Yeah. So, like, any, like when you were a kid, like selling your first pretzel when you were 11. Okay. I mean, right when I turned 11, bikes were really, really popular mm. and I got a, a Hutch BMX bike oh. and, uh, when I was 11 years old and that was my Riding jewel, like I, I drove, it. I rode that to the corners. I would have it on the corner with me at the end of the day when I was done. That was such a highlighted day. You work all day, you make some money, and at the end of the day, you just jumped on the bike and rode home. And That's it was amazing. far. I mean, it wasn't. I grew up in Ben Salem, mm. but I might have been selling pretzels down on Harvest and the Boulevard, right. which was, you know, 
an hour and something ride on the bike. I mean, wow. it was far away. So, but yeah. uh, from that point, bikes were really it. Skateboards a little there, and then eventually I bought a four wheeler, and that was my you know baby. You but go. if you're going back old school toys like little kid toy, I can't remember. You know what? I guess I was really into. Remember, um, you guys might not. Remember, I'm old, so much older than you guys. Dominoes, the domino sets where you would set up. Like, okay, yeah, thousands yeah, yeah, of dominoes yeah. and hit what? them. What? Work on it all day, and you yeah, know, that right. was sort of one one it's thing I really remember enjoying as a kid. Yeah. What if they made domino pretzels? <laughs> <laughs> what kind? Of, you made a creative pretzel for your 16th birthday, right? Yeah. What did you make? They they made. Uh, when made a. Happy birthday, Ben, when I was turning 16. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It was like a big round pretzel cake. <laughs> I remember that. So what was your favorite toy? What yeah. Oh, yours? man. Gosh. Um, I usually love the Star Wars toys or the uh-huh. G.I. Joes. Okay. My Uncle Dave really loved the G.I. Joes. I, I can think of one from when Ben was a kid kid. What was it? Uh, he had this Blue's Clues oh my like God. notepad. And uh, came with a crayon. And it was supposed to erase. It didn't. Right. right? Uh, and he opened that up. And then he had all these other presents. Didn't open any other presents. He just wanted. He left with that toy and That's left it. all his presents behind. <laughs> <laughs> it was that was I well that was young. Do you young. still have it? I don't know if I do. I don't uh, think you do. Okay. I I still, when I was in the attic today, I saw my rescue heroes. Stuff, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw the castle. I'm like, what the heck is mom keeping this back there for? Yeah, mom's holding out hope for grandkids. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> my mom did the same thing. She saved a lot of stuff. And you know what? I'm really happy she did. There was some stuff that I mm-hmm. saved. And I was like, ah, why are you saving this? And, uh, you know, as time went on, there was a table set that I had as a little kid that I played like Legos and all. Yeah, sure. Little kid table set. And eventually that got handed down to me and I gave it. My son's room mm. had it, and he would be playing on it when he yeah. was five, six years old. So I remember it vividly, like me being that little and playing with it. I had great memories, and I've saved it. And hopefully, uh, one of these guys will uh, hand it down to the yeah. Kids. There you yeah. go. There you go. Yeah, well, the kind of the idea of heirlooms, I think, is kind of lost on us too. I right. feel like we've kind of got out of that age, especially mm. like I, I'd say my generation is like the the first of the like use and throw away generation, mm. right? It's like the the products that we are not, you know, hardwood tables anymore. It's, right. you know, mm-hmm. plasterboard and you toss it when you're done. And yeah, once right. the style changes, it's not mm-hmm. longevity. It's right. more of a style when that thing changes. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, do you want to ask the question number three? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what was the process like getting on Undercover Boss? Uh, you know, um, th- was it hard? Was it easy? Or how did they pick you? So what happened was I had a PR firm that mm. worked out of Chicago. And uh, they dealt with a lot of big firms, uh, okay. big companies, and they were pitching a story on checkers, mm. checkers, burgers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so from my, the way they told the story to me, my PR firm was out there. At the time, um, Undercover Boss had a requirement. I don't know the number. You had to do $500 million, some mm. a large number. They wanted big, big, big companies. And uh, we, we didn't meet those standards at sure. the time. So, but when we, they were out there pitching checkers, somebody was late for the meeting wow. and uh so they were like what else you got and they go well we represent this company they're someday maybe down the road they'll be big enough to be on the show but and they told them the story what i just told you guys saw them put yeah. some street corner and they just fell in love with that story wow. and uh they contacted me they interviewed me and it flew out like right away they i mean they wow. you know when this stuff happens like it, you think it's slow mm-hmm. but it's like that's tuesday wednesday they got producers on a plane flying out they meet me on Thursday and they do just a formal interview. Just, they have cameras set up, but it's more of an interview. Um, and I didn't realize at that time, but all the producers in California are watching it live. Wow. Like they're watching it. 
and they go through it. And I tell a story on there and a bunch of stories. And they said, um, I said, listen, I, I've seen the show and it, there's two seasons already in the books. Yeah. And I said, uh, everybody, a lot of the guys cry. And I said, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't cry. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, just so you're prepared, I don't right. want to disappoint you. And right. you have these yeah. emotional bosses and cry. So they're like, no problem, no problem. And sure enough, I didn't think I did well in the interview. Next thing I know, a week later, like, don't shave, don't cut your hair. Um, we're shooting in a month from now. And we need you to grow all that out. And uh, it went. And it turns out, so luck would have it, is to this day, they I've spoke to the producers in there. I'm ranked the most emotional guys ever. <laughs> I've cried on the show more than any CEOs <laughs> ever cried. Dang. So uh, I don't know what they put in the water when yeah, you get right, out there, but right. it's, oh uh, my it's just all God. onion water. Yeah, you know? uh, <laughs> and I really didn't have high hopes to get on it even after the interview because mm, wow. about a couple years, a few years back, I lived in Old City mm. at one point when wow. I first started the business up, lived down there. And uh, on my way home from, I had a, my second pretzel store ever was in uh, Center City. Okay. And we had a big order for pretzels, like thousands of pretzels. Mm. And it was right on my way home near Independence Mall. And I was, and they said, can, I was like, I'll deliver. No sense send driver. I'll do it because I'm, I live right near there. I'll drop it off. And it turns out when I got there, didn't know this, I saw lines of people, like thousands of people in line. Wow. And they were doing interviews for Survivor. Right, the TV show. Yeah. And this is when Survivor was 1999, yeah, 2000, yeah, yeah. whatever it was. Really, really popular. So I, I'm pulling up and I'm unloading pretzels and I'm bringing them up. And I run into a bunch of college buddies that are have slept there for two days <laughs> to get on the show. They're like, we got to get on the show. We got to get on the show. And I'm just spending time talking to them. Right. And uh, a producer comes up in clipboard. She must do preliminary. Uh, she's interviewing people on the way. And she goes, oh, you're, the pretzels are awesome. They're still hot. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, you work at the pretzel factory? And I go, no, I started up and I, I gave her a little taste, like the story I just told you about selling pretzel in the corner. And she's like, she just falls in love with the story. Right. Yeah. So then next thing you know, she calls over a bunch of other people, producer, (laughs) like producers. I didn't know what time. And they're all holding clipboards. And next thing I know, she's like, tell the story again. Right. (laughs) So there's like eight people around me and I could tell on a likability factor, like where they at they're every second I'm talking, I could sense like, they're so excited. Like I could feel them. Yeah. And all of a sudden they say, stop right there. <laughs> Tell the story. They go, stop. They move me up their front. There's a stage for survivor. And they, they got these big casting chairs and, um, they put me on there and next thing I know I got headphones on and now they got the top level producers Dang. for the show. And I could tell they're like, and I didn't really think about, it, but Philly guy, um, I'm in my twenties at the time. Wow. And uh, everything about it just fit what they were looking for, right? It, it, there was a right. good quality. Mm-hmm. So I was, so I could tell, and that made me nervous, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. I felt the pressure. So the producer, the girl, original girl came up to me. She goes, tell the story again, right? Well, I've already told the story yeah, twice. Right, right. And now it feels, I know that's what, I'm not, never dreamed about being act, like in that field or anything. Yeah. So like telling the story the third time to the same people in the same way seemed weird. And on top of it, I don't know if you guys ever had headphones on when you did interviews, but there was a one second delay, like oh a half gosh. a second delay. Why? So I could hear my voice. I hate my voice to begin with, but I could hear my voice and delaying everything I'm saying. And then, so the stress of <laughs> the pressure of everything. So I, I'm cracking, right? Oh and I could tell I'm at a 10 when I'm starting and I'm just going <laughs> lower and lower. And then eventually they don't let me get through the whole interview oh and God. they pretty much go, 
don't call us, we'll call you. And I never heard from him again. So that was a chance. By the way, I probably lasted not even a day on that show because I like to eat. And yeah, I would be in yeah, trouble yeah. if they starved me for 24 <laughs> yeah. hours. Yes. Did you want to go on Survivor one day? Yeah, I, I watched it so much growing up. And I, I've always been outdoorsy. Right. And like, I've always loved that kind of stuff. And I, I really thought for a while I'd want to go on. And I'm the opposite. I couldn't play the game. Like, I'd go on. I'd be the nice guy who's voted oh. off, you know, day one on the show. Because, like, I just I don't have the heart to, like, you know, <laughs> play the politics and, right. you know, whatever. Like, my my favorite part of Survivor is like when they did that. <laughs> yeah, I would watch it a lot as a kid, or I know as a kid, you know, through middle school and high school. And there's a uh, one episode I think where they like this weird contraption they're holding onto, and water's like flowing, and it's to win immunity. And Ben saw me watching it, and then you know he was I don't know what were you probably six or seven, yeah. And I, he was in the bathtub holding onto the spigot, <laughs> saying, oh. "Hold on, hold on, <laughs> I have immunity." <laughs> That's great. So ben you know, it's crazy fun. that show. It's been on so long, mm-hmm. yeah. and truth is, there's not much. When if you watch the episode from 2002 and you watch the episode from 2020, yeah, there's not much has changed right. on the show it feels right. like and I don't watch it like I I did watch it the first few years but I yeah. don't watch it anymore and but when I've seen it come on it feels like it's the same show yeah yeah um, yeah and I feel like that's kind of where some some of the you know long longest shows I feel like experience like American Idol right that was on for forever yeah and then they went away and they're like oh maybe we should come back but yep. they didn't change the show it's right. the same show you know well it works the format works yeah. that's the one thing I learned on the under, undercover boss those they have a real set format for mm. the show mm-hmm. and it's really much more structured than you know but it's amazing they find these stories right because mm-hmm. um, they were like it asked me like what stories you know and I was like I don't know any like hardship stories to yeah, be frank right. with you and they're like no problem and then next thing you know they send out a few producers and they visit all these stores and then they come back with way more than they air they got tons of wow. stories really good stories and they have to pitch them the individual people to, I believe it was CBS at the time wow. and get their approval and say, we'd like these. And then they film more. So they only show four segments on the show of four different people that are affected, but there was actually more film wow. than that. And those people who think they're going to, it kind of stinks for them because they think they're going to be on the show yeah, sure. and they don't make the show cut. In fact, it was horrible. Um, you remember the show, G- if you remember the show Gino, where I walked down the steps Yes, I remember. Then you put the elevator in there. Yeah, yeah. Gino has a sister. Mm. Um, I believe she's a twin. She works at the Pets Factory. They filmed her as mm. well, but she didn't make, they didn't make Dang. it. And personally, it wasn't her that did a problem. And I think they may do this on purpose. It was me. Mm. So the, they used her sh- filming the first two days. And I think they got, that was probably the, at first you're nervous about the cameras, everything yeah, going sure. on. And eventually you don't notice the cameras anymore. So I think there's, already a preconceived they're probably if they're going to cut one it's probably going to be the first one yeah because you got your you know legs under you on the first couple things right shame but so she thinks she's going to be on it um and we've given her a scholarship and like school and it it didn't make the cut so i felt horrible yeah and i didn't i didn't know until the night before and they're like you got to like i was like you guys are the producers you tell her i'm not (laughs) the guy to be a bad guy but we had to tell her that she didn't make it so it was a shame because they were having a big party and her brother Mm. was still on the show yeah and he was having a party so yeah yeah it's interesting at at least you know she still got the scholarship right like that's that's pretty cool huge bonus because it'd be one thing you know like 
you film all these bits. It'd be so fake. You film all these bits, and only the people that get on the show actually, actually get the get things. The prize. You know, yeah, like no, that'd be yeah, terrible. That would, that would be wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing about Undercover Bosses, I love when they did the rewards at the end. Yeah, you like that part? Yeah. 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 I like when they go, I'm the CEO of this company, and they're like, no, that was you? <laughs> yeah. I think, Ben, it'd be, it'd be real trouble if there's ever a company you worked for and they did the show while you're working there. You would know for sure. You'd see through it. That's what I was hoping when I was working at Olive Garden. I'm like, oh, I'm hoping one day somebody <laughs> will come in and do Undercover Boss. And I, I think to, they did. Didn't they do Olive Garden? No, they didn't. No, they, they never did. Oh, they need to, undercover Boss, you need to do more shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You they know what? Do. Some people, I've had people call me or the producers call me to try to convince other people to go on. Mm. Some, I won't say the company's name, but big companies, um, they wanted me to call them and sort of talk them into it. Because as much as you think you want to be in there, and for a guy like me at the time, the company was smaller and we were growing it and it gave us some national right. exposure. But if you're a really big company, it really, there's a, you're, you're worried, I can understand this, yeah. that it's not going to make you look good or the company look good. Like for me, it was a big decision to do it to begin with. But the nerves weren't so much for me. I was okay embarrassing myself. Yeah, sure. But where it would really kill me is we have franchisees. They put their life savings into this business, yeah, right? right? And if I would have done something that didn't look good on camera, right? Yeah. And it was, uh, didn't make the brand look strong or, or good, it could affect these franchisees. Yeah, and, right. And have all their money, you know, right. completely wasted potentially. So that's the part that really scared me. And I think that scares big CEOs that yeah. have, you know, what did they have to gain? Like if you're already a, billion dollar company yeah maybe they look at this as i had a lot to gain from the show maybe they don't look at it yeah. as a big game yeah. yeah yeah it's all you know a lot of that in entrepreneurship and in business owning is the risk and rewards right is managing those two things um but then it's also it's finding a, a balance between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simon Snack, I don't know if you know who that is, but he he's like a kind of like a business entrepreneur speaker, but he talks okay. more on like management, team management, that kind of okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was doing an interview similar to this, and he was talking about uh, Blockbuster, and he said that when Netflix came out and Blockbuster was like you know feeling the heat from the subscription service. The CFO went to the board and was like, we should do a subscription service. Like, it, you know, it's huge success here. We should move into that field. And uh, the board denied it because 12% of the revenue came from late fees at Blockbuster. Uh, and so, you know, in this interview, Simon says, so instead of losing 12%, they lost the whole company. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it, there's and that had, risk My understanding there. is they had the chance to buy Netflix. Blockbuster right. almost and yeah. passed, on, passed on for $50 million, which sounds like a lot. But yeah. For but what, yeah, right. Yeah, fraction, now, yeah, yeah. There's only one blockbuster left. Is there still one? It's in it's in Washington. I think it just closed. I think it was it on the news. Closed? Like a couple weeks. I thought I saw something like a month ago. Yeah, some kind of news something. on it. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Brumball taught me that one. <laughs> he had a Brumball question. That sounds like something that he would know. <laughs> you know what? But it, it's a good point because we talk about it a lot of times internally. Um, you know, Philly Pretzel Factory has changed and, and pivoted mm. through a lot mm-hmm. of things over the years. And we continue. We're making some big changes potentially here yeah. in the future. Um, but, you know, a few years ago we had, did you ever watch The Apprentice, the TV show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a gentleman on there um, called The Cowboy. Mm. He's a well-known, um, he's a great public speaker. And he talks about, he was once the CFO or CEO of Kodak. Okay. Right? And when he was at Kodak, um, he said, we made all the mistakes that you can make. Mm. And he's the CEO, CFO, telling you he yeah, screwed right. up. And it was great to hear it. And he does this whole thing. But somebody brought the digital camera to Kodak and they bought it. And guess what they did with it? They put it in a safe 
and they said, don't tell anybody about this, right? Mm. That was what they did. Because remember, they were selling film. They were selling, remember you used to go to the Kodak, well, you guys are so young, but the Kodak stores you would develop. Yeah. So the paper they were printing on was Kodak paper. The negatives were Kodak, everything. So their whole business model right. was threatened by this digital camera. And now let's look at it. They could be Apple today, right? right? Instead of Kodak went out of business, right. you know, and uh, changed right. up. And then they, he tells a story. They eventually got into printers yeah. right? when printers were really popular and, uh, Again, he said, we made a huge mistake. We pivoted. Well, we didn't pivot. Hewlett Packard came out of printers. This mm. is in the 90s before yeah, you guys. Yeah. And we used to, I, when I went there, I stapled all these stores would sell these Hewlett Packard printers. And they were like $99 or something that for like nice printers. Yeah. And uh, Kodak was still trying to sell them for $499, which in 1993 is a lot. Right. And they just thought that they wanted to make money out. Where Hewlett Packard said, we don't care about making money on the printers. Mm. Uh, we want to make it on the ink. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the ink, and, and he tells a story that always stick in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not be accurate now because we had him speak at a, a expo for us. Sure. But he said, if you filled your car up with, first off, he said ink that goes in a, a printer back then. I think it's come down a lot since then, but this is about eight years ago, nine years ago. He said ink was the most expensive liquid wow. on earth, right? Wow. The most expensive. Gosh. Um, you know, if you think about water, Penasoni had this chart yeah. like going up the thing. And uh, he said, if you would have filled your gas tank, an average car um, with ink, how much do you think it would cost to fill your gas tank with ink? That's oh, crazy. Man, I don't even know. Uh, $200. I, I'd say a thousand bucks. I don't right. know. Five hundred and thirty-six thousand oh, dollars. It would be a half, that, half a million dollars. Half a um, million. You know, dollars. this is again ten in nine, ten years ago when he told the story. But uh, it's wow. crazy. But he said they were smart enough to realize they could make the money on ink. Mm. We were trying to make money selling printers. We just right. missed the boat again. And uh, right. you know, and, and you can't just look at things. You know, from a business standpoint, that putting that digital camera away and trying to keep it quiet right. is not the way to grow. You got to constantly be pivoting and think where they could be today yeah yeah Yeah. no it's it's so good yeah me i have trouble with math sometimes yeah we (laughs) talk about that yeah something interesting ben though that we've talked about recently with ben or g1 is uh uh, the issue for us was uh recording ben so he's got one solid presentation that he does kills it every Mm -hmm. time and we're working on developing two or three you know kind of changing it for the needs but um the the fear we started was if people record it then what you know, why bring Brennan? You can just play the video and right. whatever. Um, but I've I've gotten on the same vein where it's like we we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot by not letting people record it. Yep. Because when there's no recording, they can't share it. They can't right. say, Hey, look who came, this here's the video, you know, whatever. And so and with Ben too, like, you know, people the recording of you is great, Ben, mm-hmm. but people want you. Like that's right. what they want. Yep. They want the, the energy mm-hmm. they want your excitement mm-hmm. um and i feel like that's something like especially for us like that's important is to realize like okay the thing that we're offering is the presentation but really you know ben is the person that we're offering. well it's like a band right, right. you could listen to music all you want right. in your house and play it over and over again but right. you still go and pay a couple hundred hours to see a concert yeah. potentially to see it and hear them and, right. and the uniqueness of that yeah gary exactly. v does a, a great job mm. of talking about trying to be so protective. Yeah. Um, he's not a big trademark guy and copyright yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. Cause he's like, by the time you do that stuff and try to protect it, just if people copy it, 
You should yeah. be flattered, but just run and go. And he's right. like, I got another million ideas. And that's where you have to think. And you got another million presentations yeah. in you that are going to be right. more unique and you're going to only going to get better. So what right. they're seeing is just going to help promote it. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. How is, uh, how's the, how are you doing with everything? Yeah. How's it going, man? For energy, Yeah. It's yeah. going great. Going yeah. to LA this month. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing to LA? I'm going to, uh, October 18th through the 25th. Yeah, so we have basically with the company, the the money right now we're, we're putting in what we call the the house fund. Yep. Because um, I have an idea for um, special needs housing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the so the direct benefit from a speaking engagement, you know, we don't feel that direct motivation, if you will, because, you know, Ben's used to paycheck for yeah. work. And so we came with the idea, which was every speaking engagement, Ben gets a certain amount that gets put into a trip fund. And then he can go wherever he wants. So he gets one trip a year. He can go wherever he wants. And the idea is, you know, it's really, he can go for fun. But he's going to network because he's going to meet people and he's going to talk to, you know, who he does. Um, <laughs> Maybe and, make it on Ellen, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm like, going to try. Come on, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, come on, Jennifer Hudson. I know you can um, hear me. But, you know, like he, he'll go to Six Flags in New Jersey. And I think like four or five of our schools have come from people he's met at Six Flags. Oh, wow. And so, you know, it'll be the same thing in California. You'll meet someone at Six Flags in California, yeah. and they'll fly you back out there, and you'll do something. Well, everybody knows you, Ben. I tell you, so I posted about the Eagles, you might yeah, see on my yeah. Facebook account, and I just said, you know, you're the reason we got in there, and, and so many people loved it, but a lot of people said, we love Ben, we saw him, he I spoke at my it. school, because I'm friends it. with a lot, East Stroudsburg had a lot yeah. of school teachers, yeah. so there's a lot of teachers that were in it involved in there so it was yeah. awesome that they all know who you are and then i was on the radio last week and they officially announced the partnership with the eagles on 97.5 oh and, yes and I they were they were all like we all know ben <laughs> everybody knows <laughs> ben. did you uh, talk about the cuz no it wasn't the cuz they know but the producers on the show yeah. would take oh, the calls they all know yeah, <laughs> yeah so, i'm sure i'm yeah. sure it was the john kincaid show it was the morning show and you yeah. go oh we love yeah, ben yeah, I, yeah. I, someone told me last week they said i heard dan dizzy was on the radio i'm like what yeah, <laughs> it said Preston and Steve. I'm like, wait, what? And no, it was, it, that was we were on Preston, but John Kincaid was the one last Friday, the morning show in there. But they all knew you at the station, 97.5. Yeah, yeah, it's so, so funny. But it's it's a good uh, segue though. Speaking of kind of like you know future expansion, I, we're wondering East Coast, right? That's yeah. Philly pretzels really, and on this side of the coast, like. Do you, what are your plans in regards to expansion, oh, yeah. if anything at all? Yeah, well, so, we're in 16 states, yeah. but I mean, it definitely, our sweet spot is New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, yeah. um, Maryland. That's where the majority of the stores are, and that's where they thrive, right? I mean, that's where we just see it. Um, but we are in other states, where, and we do really well. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Ohio is doing really, really well. But um, St. Louis, there's an introduction. We really have to educate um, the consumer on the product and eating pretzels. Yeah. Like sometimes they'll That's see fair. the menu and they'll say a hundred pretzels for, you know, whatever, $40 or whatever it is. They're like, who would ever get a hundred pretzels? Then you tell them, well, if you're a salesperson or you're bringing them to a PTO and then they go, Oh, it makes perfect sense. But mm. outside of this area, they didn't grow up with that lifestyle yeah. of bringing a couple hundred pretzels to the school and yeah. it's different. So there's an education part of that. Um, but we just hired another R and D person. So we're working on a lot of R and D stuff oh, cool. um, to implement really 
to open up the opportunities in other markets, yeah. really to expand, not just be pretzels, but everything's always going to be tied to the pretzel. Yeah, sure. It's got to have a, a Philly roots tied yeah, to pretzel. Sure. So sure. Yeah. When we were go ahead. I was going to say, go ahead, Dan. I was gonna say when I'm in LA, Dan, I'm gonna try and get you. A, I'm gonna try and talk to people and see if we can get you a pretzel factory in California. Yeah, that, that, that would work for there us. There you go. There you go. See, it's, it's tough for us when we go to places. We gotta really go. So we had a store in Arizona before, mm. and the one thing you run into with opening up stores far, far away is you got to open multiple stores. Mm. You, you can't just open one up. Um, that's the secret in franchising. You got to get really penetration in the market. So you have to sure. open five, six, seven stores. People start to see them all over the place. Yeah. But also remember, we have to get repair people. We have these uh, unique pretzel machines no one else has, has right? Yeah, so sure. we have to get repair people there. We have to get the exact flour that we're milling in um, Right now, it's up in the Poconos. They mill it. Wow. Um, so we have to get that out there, um, the same ingredients, because, we yeah. again, we can't have the product yeah, be different, right. even if it's in California. Right. There's already a preconceived notion that um, any pretzels not made in Philadelphia aren't going to be the same because of the water, right? You mm. ever hear that yeah, rumor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the water, and uh, we haven't seen that. In fact, for a long time, we had franchise prospects that wanted, were interested in opening up in Carolina and stuff, we would say, listen, we want you to bring water from your house, bring gallons of water. We're going to make pretzels with your water. You're going to eat them because I never want that to be one of those things where they think, oh, I don't know if they're going to come out the same. Yeah. It eliminates that right away where they go. I open up in North Carolina. I know the pretzels are going to yeah. come out the same. It's yeah. not anything. Now, now we got to educate people in North right. Carolina about when and where to eat pretzels. Right. right? That's right. the big one. Yeah. I, what I was, was going to say was what's interesting, the... I, I always love Philly soft pretzels. Huge fan. I've always been a huge fan. And my I went to school in Georgia. Yep. And when I talked about soft pretzels, they had like no concept of it. They right. were like, "What do you like? What do you mean? Like, like they knew what it was, but the idea of like bringing them to an event or to a party or whatever they right. didn't understand. Uh, and so I was like, "Okay, next time I go home, I'm gonna get pretzels, drive home." So I found. I think it was maybe North Carolina. It was right. like whatever place was as far away from right. here uh, was the Philly Soft Pretzel Factory, and I picked up. I think I bought fifty, oh, okay. and I brought them to school, and everybody loved them. Oh, but, okay. but you're so right. Like they, they had just had no concept of like why they would want them or have them or what they would do with them but as and, soon as you have one you and know. there's even a part of it that does take a little time to get used to so sure. i lived in a development in churchville a lot of transients vp like people come and go they yeah. work here for two or three years so they're from all around the country and they used to come and they they asked me what I did and I would tell them and I, they're like, oh, I got to come by and they come by and there's like line at the door of pretzels and they're, you know, they were from West Virginia or California yes. and they, they have a pretzel and they go, okay, it's bread. Like, you know, that yeah, that's sure. kind of their first thing. There's not like, it's, it's not necessary for everybody. Like, wow, this is the greatest thing I've ever had. And then what happens is they're like, oh, and then they have them again and again. And then eventually these guys usually move. Mm. Or, um, these neighbors had moved back and they'll call me and they go the only, and I'm not just saying this cause of you, Dan, we miss the pretzels so much. We were, yeah. we just got hooked on them and it, there is this addictive quality to yeah. them where you really do crave them. And yeah. even myself, I find when I'm away on vacation for a week or so, yeah. I really find myself, I really could go for a pretzel. So it's, yeah. I definitely miss it. So I could see how that happens. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We need one in a Hawaii. Yeah. In Hawaii. Hawaii. Oh, that's going to be yeah. tough. So for I'm you, Ben, kidding. I think I was thinking about comparisons to help you understand the the maintenance problem. When you're playing roller coaster tycoon, yeah, you remember the frustration when the one maintenance worker is on the roller coaster over here, but you need him at the thing on the you other side of the park. 
you grab, you pick them up, and you just drop them over there, yeah. right? You can't do that in real life. No, that would be nice. Pick them up and drop them somewhere else. That's a. Uh, so that's the struggle. It's a trap. It's a trap. So yeah, I, I can see it. Those small things that you don't, as a consumer, you don't think about, and you're um, not supposed to. Right. I mean, that's the beauty thing of chains and franchises. Yeah. You're not. You just want to go in. And it should taste the same. Right. And it should be everywhere. But to do that, frankly, is mm-hmm. not easy, right? So you guys go to McDonald's or a place and t- burger tastes the same. Yeah. Well, it is not easy to get same rolls, same meat, yeah. same everything especially to that scale, because eventually what we found is, you know, for a long time, I was excited as we're growing and we're getting all these brown bags, right? We use a lot of bags or party trays. Yeah. And you think that's the greatest thing in the world that, Hey, we're going to buy truckloads of this stuff. Right. (laughs) And it's good. Eventually it becomes, we necessarily don't want your business because you're, you're, you're ordering too much at one time, um, especially during the pandemic. Mm. So coming out of the pandemic, Mm. um, everything, you know, um, it's been such short yeah. that a lot of companies were like, we can't print your bags anymore, your logo on them. Wow. We can't even get you bags. We can't get you cups, can't get you party trays. So wow. we've been scrambling yeah. uh, for a long time. Now it's we're past that point. Everything's good. But even our franchisees might not realize, but on mm. our end, we were scrambling yeah, like, you know, right. to, to try to make sure that we had everything. And again, just like the consumer doesn't care, they just yeah. want the taste right. Our franchisees just want to make sure they called an order for, you know, so many bags of flour, it right. better be there. Right. Yeah. That's right. Kind of what, and, and all that falls on us. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's true. Ben, what's the one uh, pretzel thing that we do at home with Philly pretzels? Oh, we make ham and cheese pretzels. We used to stole. We went oh. to Camp Orchard Hill, mm-hmm. and she would always make pretzel sandwiches. Yes, yeah, so uh. they would get, like, pretzel buns, yep. and they would do ham and cheese. Um, and that was, like, a staple of the camp. Yep. But as soon as we came home, we did it with Philly pretzels. Oh, uh, nice. Much better with a Philly pretzel, for sure. All right, good. Well, we're working on some sandwich stuff yeah. that I don't want to announce today oh, yeah. yet. No worries. Actually, I'll come back. But sandwich. we got some really good stuff I was eating today. There you go. Um, that you're going to be really wowed. And I think you're going to be, like. I think we should do a pulled pork pretzel sandwich. Oh. I can tell you, I that is on the list. Oh. Uh, so, there you go, Ben. But we they can, are really. We can put coleslaw on top. <laughs> Whole different thing, and we're trying to get involved. And, and again, yeah. that was sort of tied back to these um, other stores that we can expand yeah. the menu in certain places that we need to. Um, if it's not just a pretzel market where we need to have other items and really right. expand that extensively to the menu. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pivoting discussion points a little bit, but as a you know a CEO, someone who who's high up and and as has the drive that you have in the work environment how do you how do you balance family and work um you know for me it's not even a question about it i mean see when i first started the business i didn't have kids yet Mm -hmm. so the grinding years those years where we slept on flower bags and i do tell people this young entrepreneurs listen you can open a business at 100 years old if you want to but it's definitely a lot easier to do it in your Mm. Uh twenties when you can sleep on flower bags and you don't have to have responsibilities because even taking the risk of like, you know, the way I got the money for the first pretzel store, I maxed out all my credit cards on, like I went to eight different banks. I cash advanced every (laughs) credit card back then. They used to have no limit on credit cards. So like if you, your credit card limit was five grand, you could cash advance the whole five grand. Now I think they do like a percentage Mm. of it. Um, and that's why you do it. I would have never done that with two, boys that I'm thinking about college I'm thinking so I wouldn't have taken the chance um and I have to give credit to a lot of franchisees that do it you know you know later in life where they have families they have college Mm -hmm. to worry about and responsibilities um 
So that's the part that sort of got me over the yeah. hump. Um, and now, you know, even over the years that the priority is, is the, the family. I mean, I make sure mm -hmm. that the boys are uh, part of it and, you know, but even in working wise, I think this is a, for a lot of people, mm -hmm. it's not like you work any less than you, you would. It's just, you got to make your hours of work and be efficient about it so that, yeah. you know, like I plan my day out to make sure it gets started early. What I had to do today, um, knowing I was doing this tonight and yeah. um, what we had to do. And you know, my one son's with us here today. Yeah, because yeah. We're running we'll around. And, yeah. <laughs> so, <man. laughs> so that's my younger one. Michael's 11 years old. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but listen, I'm there at their sporting events. Um, it's a top party and uh, family is everything to me. And, yeah. you know, the business being successful wouldn't mean that much if I didn't have um, a family to share it with and yeah. be a part that's of amazing. it. So, yeah. yeah. And they work there. I make them work there. They come in the summers. Yeah. They used to work the, the registers at the original yeah. store for a long period of time. So, and it, we make sure, you know, that is to me fun. Um, and for them, it was fun mm -hmm. to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, so we were spending time together, but work was getting done. Yeah. Yeah. I remember dancing in the mascot. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. um, and Shalfon. I should do that again. Yeah. Uh, I would love to do was that. Was in the summer? When were you out there? It was in the summer, fall, but I'd love uh, to do that again. Like go out there and like dance. Uh, yeah, like, I should do it at the link. That would be uh, a great idea. That's What's a good you? idea. Yeah. You gotta ask for that. Yeah. If I asked they're gonna say no, <laughs> then you get everything done <laughs> yeah. over there. Uh, I asked her a few things, they said don't don't ask. Let Ben ask for you because <laughs> then he'll get it done. They love you there. I will I will I will talk to the yeah, Eagles and see if I can Get the mask on. Okay. Maybe me and Smooth can dance. Yeah, there you go. There you go. How was the game the other day with the rain? You were walking. It was great. It was great. It was great. Yeah, you oh, told okay. me that you were in a poncho, right? Yeah. You were standing out in the rain. Oh, my gosh. And you crazy. were in a suite, right? Is that true? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to get a suite. It wasn't planned that way, um, but I was fortunate enough, I think, because the Eagles partnership, mm. they invited me with uh, some of their sales team and the oh, management awesome. team to, to really get to know, and yeah. I, I want to take the opportunity, but I was very happy to be in the suite when the yeah. way, that rain was coming down. So I've yeah. been in the rain there before and the cold, and oh, yeah. um, it was nice to be in a suite for once so chris long was in the suite with me oh yeah. my god yeah. did you say i don't yeah yeah so it was nice he was nice he's big man he's a big guy oh, did you yeah. tell him to get a philly pretzel no nah, i didn't get into that there were, i brought him up there so he probably had one i brought him to the suite so hopefully he did yeah ben had a moment though at the link where i think so he knows uh one of the guys either he doesn't own all of yum yum donuts right he just owns one of the franchises yeah but um, I guess he maybe caught wind of the pretzel thing. And he was like, Ben, can you bring Yum Yum Donuts in to work? Uh. And, uh, and Ben's like, oh, I, I love Yum Yum Donuts. Like, sure. And, uh, he, you know, he talks to his – you tell us. I talked to the Eagles. Uh -huh. And they're like, oh, we can't do that because we have partnership with Dunkin'. Yeah. So uh. they sell Dunkin' coffee. Yeah, yeah. Um, not donuts, but they have, like, an exclusive Dunkin' partnership. And so Ben had to go back to the donut guy and say, ah, yeah, I can't. Sorry, I can't, do, can't do donuts. <laughs> you know what you should do for one of the games is maybe for the Sunday night game. It's just an, a thought. You should bring the pretzel. They have, like, food trucks that come into the uh, – Yep, they said they might let us do that okay. down in the – where you stand in the Pepsi area. Yes, that um, would be a great idea for, like, the Sunday night game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they said they're going to see if they can try to get us in there. They only have so many spots, and they wanted mm -hmm. to make sure, but I think we're definitely going to be able to get there yeah. at some point down there, so – yeah, that'd be great. Pretzel, I can help you bake them right out of there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can't eat it though, Ben. <laughs> I did. I did have one. They said, "Here you go." <laughs> because I bought, I bought them in, Dan. I had yeah, your, that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, I. You know, we used to have that hot dog pretzel hot dog eating competition. Mm. You would have been a monster in that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, we, are you excited about like 
like with the partnership with the Eagles, are you excited about like using their logo? Like, are you gonna make like a swoop? Eagle Putzel, like, <laughs> yeah, we're doing a lot of that stuff already, um, like the stuff, but the packaging really could be is mm. exciting for us because we can use their logo on the packaging oh, cool. with our stuff. You know, if it's the Eagles tailgate box yeah. or party tray and stuff like that, there's a ton of opportunities. We're excited about that stuff that's going to happen. It's going to be, that's yeah. Awesome. Because I'm thinking, I d we'll talk about it later, but I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, when we originally picked our colors, it works out great because our colors, the green yeah, and the right. gray and, and stuff like that. Part of the reason was the Eagles, which yeah, is so sure. ironic. So 25 years ago, when we were looking, we were picking our logo, and they had a blue one and a green one. Mm. And, uh, you know, we were kind of torn in between. And the two deciding factors that made us go was our first store was in Mayfair. And, you know big Irish community down there. There was a lot of shops like Shamrock, mm -hmm. all the shops yeah, down there. Sure. And we saw that. So we were like, maybe, you know, that, and then we're like, the Eagles are like, it just yeah. feels like pretzels feel like football and uh, the Eagles. So that's why we kind of chose it. So it's so ironic that here we are 25 years later and creating a partnership and uh, we didn't have to change like the stand we got, the green worked out perfect. For <laughs> it it is yeah. perfect. And I love every time I go by, I go like, I go get your pretzels here. And <laughs> I heard you were on the bus. All my employees were telling me you were on the bus yelling Philly pretzels on the bus. I said, yeah. Philly pretzels are the best. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, what's a Philly pretzel? I'm like, what? Uh, who was on that bus? Yeah. A couple of people with heads. Uh. I remember bringing 300 pretzels into the link. Yeah. And they had no idea what that is. And they, and they said, no. And I had like security guards come in, like CSC people, and they were taking pretzels. Oh, good. <laughs> and everybody's like, Ben, what are you going to do? Like, people are taking I'm like, oh, no, what should I do? So more security guards came in, and Just everyone was taking them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what happens. We would have yeah. got you more, Ben. Yeah, we would have yeah. brought you more that yeah, day, though. For sure. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to, when the truck comes, we'll have to give some to employees sometime again. Yeah, there you That's go. Fun. Yeah. But I think, I think it's an interesting idea, like, today right we're in the age of information uh -huh. and so a lot of i guess marketing and sales comes down to awareness right because like you hear the what's a philly soft pretzel which seems crazy to me that you wouldn't know what it is mm -hmm. but so much of it can come down to that like just awareness well we remind franchisees all the time you know if you go around like a lot of them think that the brand is so strong and we have a strong brand in Philadelphia yeah. and their surrounding areas. But the reality is people block just a couple blocks away might not know that a Philly pretzel factory is there yeah. not know about Philly pretzel factory, never been to one before yeah. we take it for granted. We think everybody's been there and had, right. but there's a ton that have never been to a Philly pretzel factory. And frankly, from a marketing standpoint, you're always trying to get to those people. But more importantly, you also have to remind the customers that already come to come more often yeah. or get there because people forget. Yeah. I, I, I tell a story um, a few years back. I, uh, I I used to eat the Mayfair Diner every day for lunch. That was across from the Mayfair, my office. I'd go over there, and uh, everybody knew where I was at 12 o'clock. Yeah. I was eating there. And for whatever reason, I think they were doing something, um, construction there. It was closed. Something happened. So I'd go somewhere different. And I'm a creature of habit, right? So that was closed. Like, oh, my God, what am I going to eat? So I'm driving down the road, not too far away, maybe a mile away. There was a Boston Market. Right. And I hadn't had Boston Market in 10 years. Right. Um, in fact, it was so long ago, it was Boston Chicken. Wow. That, that's how long ago yeah. it was I hadn't had. So I had it and I was like, it was really good. And, you know, it felt healthy to me. There was, you know, vegetables and it, <laughs> chicken. And I was like, this is good. So I went the next day. Okay. Right. Yeah. Next thing I know, right. true story, six or seven weeks later, I haven't missed a day at Boston Market. Not one day. Wow. Right. 
And I don't know what happened, but for some reason, I just didn't go that way one day. Like I did not go that way. <laughs> it was on my mind and boom, never, and wow. wasn't back for yeah. years. Never went back for years. So really, if they could have got me back again, right? Just yeah. one time, whether it was a free meal, they offer me free to go there just to get me in the door again. I probably would have stayed with the habit or started the habit yeah. up again. And, and that's one thing as a franchisor, we got to constantly be marketing, right? Yeah. You know, and you think the story I told you about pretzel, sometimes I say, everybody's heard the story, right? The growing up 11 sure. years old, selling pretzel in the corner. But the reality is, you know, when I've talked to PR companies, I've talked to marketing companies, they're like, no, you haven't. Not everybody's heard that story. 99% yeah. of the population have not heard the story. Yeah. You might think you keep telling the same story, but it's fine that you tell it over again. Yeah. If, if one person in the room heard it before, it's fine. Yeah. And you have to get that through your head. Um, because the one thing in, we find in franchise sales is that a lot of people relate to that story and mm. they might not have sold pretzels on the street corner at 11, but they sold lemonade on street corner. They, yeah. had, an, uh, they had that first job of delivering newspapers and yeah. there's a correlation between that. And they almost like the, the simplicity of the pretzel right. business and almost wish they started that lemonade stand and did something yeah. else. And there's a connection there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, no, I just, I'm just excited for the future and the opportunities. For yeah. Pretzels. I mean, honestly, Boston Market. They were on <laughs> Undercover Boss. I they knew too? that. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Did you watch the episode? I did. Did you like it? It was. <laughs> this episode was more fun. Oh, okay. oh good, yeah, good, yeah, good. Yeah, there you go. There you go. He'd be saying a different CEO yeah. of Boston Market was here, but it's okay, man. You're still my I, friend. I had to be honest. Yeah. I had to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's really it's so interesting because the. The, the piece from, you know, as a kid with, with school and now, you know, entrepreneurship, I've, I've had many conversations with my parents about how we don't educate in that field in public school, right? We don't talk too much about business ownership or um, even finance. I think I had one class in high school about personal finance. Mm. Um, and there's so much information that you leave high school and you don't know, <laughs> but you know, you know, mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell mm. and like this stuff that like applies to nothing, but you know, these and my are the kids concepts. are, they're doing it. I think they definitely are doing a better job because my sure. ninth graders got an entrepreneur class yeah, uh, wow. and he tells, I'm always asking about it cause I'm very curious about it. I don't know if it's being taught yet is early in the year. So I don't know exactly what he's learning now, but, but they are trying to do sure. it. Um, there's also a side of it, though, somewhat, I think that the safe bet is mm. sort of instilled, school sometimes instills that in not taking the risk. And yeah. uh, so at some point, you have to take the risk. Yeah. Um, and listen, if if you, to me, it's worth the risk. Like, it might not mean, it worked out for us, yeah. but us taking that chance yeah. uh, to begin with, it, it was just, for me, I didn't, I didn't want it any other way right? right. for me. Right. And I, I really just not good, stable nine to five job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I'm probably never going to be that. I feel like this is definitely what I want to do. Yep. I'm so glad it worked out, but it's definitely, I feel like my calling for it. Yeah. I'm not good at many things, but I feel like this was the one thing that I felt good about yeah. and that I really enjoyed. Like I said, I have no plans on selling the company. I get offers all the time. I, uh, I love it so much. Yeah. I love watching it grow. And, uh, you know, that's the part I have no plans to retire. Right. I mean, yeah. And that says a lot. If, I think if you don't want to retire from something, you really enjoy it, mm -hmm. right?
Right. Yeah, that that's the the key. Um, there's a lot to that. But I think something that's super interesting is the idea that when you find that thing, um, then you're not worried about that retirement piece. Because I feel like we talk about that a lot. We talk right. about, you know, you work 65, you retire, whatever. Right. Um, but you find something that you really enjoy doing. Because I know a lot of people that when they get to 65, I'm not sure what they're going to do because mm-hmm. they're going to retire. But, like, what are you going to do after that? Because they made work their life, but they didn't know what they wanted to do the concept of fun. And right. And that's what I was going to tie it into was I'm the same way where the nine to five was never a calling for me. It was like, there was no, like I had no concept of like sitting at a desk and doing, you know, tax sheets for, Mm -hmm. but some people love that. Our cousin loves that. He loves knowing something super well and doing it really well comes in, knows what's expected of him. For me, I love waking up and having no clue what I'm doing that day. It feels like Christmas morning um, every yeah, day I wake yeah. up. Yeah, like I have no clue what could happen. I have no clue we could talk to, like what potential things might happen. Um, and so the, the thing that I've heard recently that I think is key is the people who usually succeed are those who can continue doing something mm-hmm. without seeing results of the thing they're doing. Right. And so like if you're exercising – you, you know, have to exercise for six months maybe before you see an actual, you know, yeah. result of your exercising. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But if you stop after three days, you're going to be like, well, you know, nothing happened. I didn't mm-hmm. gain any weight. Well, right. yeah, of course you didn't because it's only been three days. And so business, I think, is the same way. Like if you're, if you're able to, you know, like you said, sleep on flower bags for two years right. um, without seeing the immediate like, Yeah, we could never have sold, right. saw, saw what is going on for right. the company. But to I was at a convention this week, yeah. um, last Thursday and Friday, a uh, big franchise convention, multiple guys there over the years, I've gotten to know friends and they sold their company, mm. um, for hundreds of millions of dollars. These guys, real nice guys, um, did real well, but it's crazy. There was three different guys there and they pulled me aside. And I actually said to them that another friend of mine who wasn't at the convention was just telling me he sold his company, local kid for a hundred million dollars last year wow. in August. And they almost go through like they're having trouble dealing with life. Like, yeah. like they never needed therapy. They never needed that stuff. Right. And they find themselves there and it's just, they didn't realize the business was part of their life and yeah. what they did. And they didn't do it for money, but the money was so big and they just yeah. said, maybe I could take time off. And frankly, as crazy as it is when you get hundreds of millions of dollars to say you regret it, yeah. but they almost regretted um, selling the company and all of them have started new companies now, small stuff like a coffee shop, yeah, like something, sure. something not like not trying to be Starbucks, right. just a coffee shop, but have a, a reason to get up in the morning, yeah. something they don't know what's going to happen, what problems are going to happen. Right. They look at those problems again, and you probably heard this before, use them, call them challenges, not mm-hmm. problems, right? They're challenges and how you overcome those challenges. Yeah. They're, they, they, they hunger for that. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to tie in with that. That's what, yeah. that's what race typical is about overcoming yeah. challenges. Yeah. And we're hungry about that. Like the yeah. hungry dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right, man. I mean, that, that is a big part about the show is, is highlighting those things. And Cause I, I overheard them. Dan say that. I'm yeah. like, wow, that reminds us of our show. Yeah, you're right. We, I think that's, we should steal that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I, the, the challenge, the problems people, I feel like really harp on that concept. Like this is a problem. And instead of it being a problem, it's a challenge because a challenge is something that can be overcome. And everybody wants a challenge. Right. Nobody wants a problem, but right. everybody wants a challenge. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. It's so true. But yeah, I, I think that there's a there's another piece there too, the the identity piece. Uh, I I harp a lot on Ben loves to ask people what do you do for work. That's I do. This question. Every time I go um, up to a random stranger, I go, I'm Ben. What do you do for work? Yeah. 
And when he asks, I think it's okay because Ben responds to everybody the same way. He, you know, you could say you take garbage. You you could be the president of the United States. He's going to say thank you for what you do. Like he treats everyone the same. In society, I feel like we don't do that. I feel like we ask, we get an answer, and then we respond according to what that answer is. And so in America specifically, we put a lot of value into what your vocation is, what your career is. Mm -hmm. And so guys like that, they end this long process that was life, right? Like, Because to them, that was life. And they kind of end life early, and they're like, wait, what do I do now? Like, I, I have no clue what yeah, to do Yeah, drink now. a couple margaritas for a couple of weeks, <laughs> right. but at some point, you get back to the yeah. reality of life. But, right. But to your point with that, about asking people what they do, and yeah. I, maybe Ben gets away with it. Yeah, no yeah. problem. And I, I don't know. But, you know, I love it does say what a lot about the person mm-hmm. and also everybody's got a story. Right. And, yeah. and like you said, I don't care who you are, what you do. Um, everybody's got a story. In fact, there used to be, if you ever, you, you won't remember this, but on the nightly news, mm. I can't remember CBS, one of those shows, they used to go to a phone booth, right? Mm. That's how long ago it was. And the guy would open up um, the phone book and just go dink for a local person. Wow. And he would go to the address and they would do a 10-minute segment on them. Or, wow, right? that's and so cool. you'd say, and the people answer the door, they're like, I don't, have a, I don't have a story or anything. And he goes, it's fine. Let me just sit down and talk to you. Yeah. And he would talk about how they raised their kids. And it turns out, stuff, crazy stuff. They didn't have yeah. a story. They were in the Olympics, and they won the gold medal for right. fencing. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. They, they don't think that everybody has a story. Yeah. And uh, wow. when you bring it together in 10 minutes, it's always unique. So yeah. I, I, that's a great quality that Ben has to ask about that because yeah. it really relates to the story of their life yeah. is what it does. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think that's the point that Ben wants to get to too. That's what he cares about yeah. is the person themselves. And hoping to get on more TV shows to talk about pretzels. Yeah. And about. Uh, yeah. That's Ben. That's has Jimmy Kimmel cool. come? I know you you say Jimmy Kimmel. Sometimes you, you probably should stick with one, Jimmy uh-huh. Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel. Uh-huh. You always change it. I know. But, uh, I it, called Jimmy Kimmel, and they're like, oh, we can't do anything about it. Thank you. And they hung uh, up on me. You got to keep going. I'm going to uh-huh. keep calling them every day. I'm going to call. Know. I'm calling tomorrow. You got to. <laughs> I know I used to work when I went to East Strasburg. I know some people worked for Saturday Night Live. Mm. And, they were uh, in California. Yeah. Saturday night, no Saturday night live in New York, New York, oh, New York, New York. and they uh, Saturday night eleven thirty, and they they work the show. And the way you get tickets for Saturday night live, and it might be different now, but when back then was the people who requested multiple times. So if you just wrote in once and be done, yeah, you didn't get them. Yeah, but if you were persistent, kept writing in. Um, requesting them, yeah. then they would reward you with yeah. the tickets. So uh, persistence pays off. Ben yeah. and Ben. Is the definition oh, yeah. of persistence, yep, right? I yeah, mean, yep, synonymous yeah. those two. Yeah, and I tell Ben a lot too. the The key for Ellen, I feel like, he had a lot of people supporting him on that yeah. process, but really, he was doing fundraising for the Eagles Autism Challenge, and so not only was there the persistence, but he was doing something actively. Because I say all the time, there's a million people who write every day, get me on your show, yep. but if they haven't participated in any way in their community or whatever, or have, like I said, if they have a, I don't have a story they're willing to share that Ellen brings them on the show. What are you going to talk about? Right. Like, you know, and so yeah. you, you, you got to have your story. And for Ben, you know, Eagles caring about others, that's his story. Yeah. And so it just came out in the way of the Eagles for Ellen. But, Absolutely. Um, we, what's crazy. We're at our hour mark, which is oh. insane. Uh, it's been a great conversation, but I always love to end the show with one question. And uh, I ask everybody, if you could tell young Dan Dizio something, uh, mm. what would you tell him? Um, well, you know, what's funny about this. I, 
I get because I know exactly what it is. I gave a commencement speech a couple years ago back in my alma mater in yeah. East Stroudsburg University, yes, and uh, gave it. And when I was trying to come up with it, I was trying to picture myself in the audience. Right, I was twenty four, wow. graduating college, and what it was, and everything to me comes back to one thing, and the big one is fear. Mm. Right, mm-hmm. and fear, even with success that I've had in the pretzel business. I missed a lot, a lot of opportunities mm. because of fear, right? Fear of what people would have thought. You you did well here, but you didn't there, mm. and just not running with it. And when we opened the business up, I didn't really have any fear. I just was yeah. know, straight and thinking. Um, and I wish I even had less fear than I did even throughout my mm. career already mm. uh, on taking even more chances. Yeah, um, Things would even be, I would say, things have been, life is great for me. I got healthy kids and mm. great family and... Um, you know, business is great, but I feel like I even could be in a different spot sure. if it wasn't yeah. for that. And again, we all deal with fear, yeah. right? And some people are like, well, it's entrepreneurship. It's different. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about just entrepreneurship. I'm talking about you graduate college. Should you go to grad school? Is mm-hmm. that scary to go to grad school? Mm-hmm. Taking a job in a yeah. different state, right? Yeah. Is that scary? But the opportunity that that could open up because you're willing to take a job in Ohio or yeah. somewhere mm-hmm. else, um, we're all going to deal with fear. Yeah. And Listen, at the end of the day, we have to make decisions, the pros and the cons, and you have to weigh them. Oh. But I feel like a lot of times what ends up happening is we have all the pros, right? We check the box and go, we got eight pros, we got two cons mm-hmm. here. But the one that we do is the fear mm. starts to make those two cons bigger than the eight. Yeah. Numbers-wise, you should do it, right? You right. should take that job in Ohio, or you should go to grad school or get your doctorate or, right. or open that business. Everything says you should do that. Um I'm not telling you, you should still do your due diligence, but don't let fear make the decision, mm-hmm. which actually happens often. And still to this yeah. day, there's real estate that I missed out on because I was fearful and stuff. And I just think I, my gut was, I should have went with the gut and did yeah. it and you know, evaluate it. I don't want to put myself in a financial burden or right. make decisions mm-hmm. that aren't good for the family. But I think I let fear make the decision, mm-hmm. not necessarily real good due diligence yeah right yeah and uh and to ben's credit i look up to you ben because i look at you and you have mm. no fear yeah right i mean um i just feel like you just go and you don't worry about it and just have no fear and that's a quality that no. most people yeah. don't have and uh s- most people frankly a lot of people fear controls everything yeah. you know it, public speeding it, pu- yeah. everything they're just fear controls their life and they never live the fullest life right. because of that fear yeah. And you know what? Something yeah. I look up to you about is like, I wish more CEOs go and have more fear. Now, how do I say it? Not to have fear to go up and talk to somebody. Yeah. If you're a CEO of a company, I highly recommend going out, making a new friend and talking to people, yeah. you know, go out and help your business. Yeah. Yeah. Being in there. All about networking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the funny story connected to Ben having no fear. We were at a school and a student asked, uh, you know, you're afraid to do public speaking. Like, how do you manage that fear? And Ben said, I'm not. Next question. I should have tied it on. Yeah. And that was my fault. Ben, you're honest. No, I was being honest. Yeah. You, just, you, you don't have any fear when it comes to I love things. public speaking. You know, yeah. I love. It's, it's, it's key. I think you're right. There's a lot there. Well, Dan, thank you so much Dan, for being here. Was... It was amazing. We, we loved having you in the studio. Yes. You're um, our first guest of the first season three. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Season three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everyone for watching. Thank you for sticking with thank us. Thank you guys. Uh, we'll be on the first of November. Yep. 
Um, do you want to say who's going to be on? It's going to be Tom Ribby from uh, Philadelphia Toboggan Company, mm-hmm. Roller Coasters. Yep. So we're going to talk to him and be. Oh, that's awesome. I Any last words? Yeah. You say. I, I really an honor to be here and truly the friendship for you, Ben, it's been, you know, like I said, nine years and it's been a great friendship. And Thank you. I really value everything you helped Philly Pretz Factory helped me mm-hmm. um, and everybody you touch. Yeah. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. Okay. Awesome. Sweet. Thank you so Good much. Night, guys. Good night, guys. Good night. We'll see ya. Go Eagles. Go Phillies. <laughs> <laughs>